Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. It's hard to come to the end of this series, Claudia. We love complaining. We love complaining, and there's so many things to hate about meetings. And we hate meetings. I used to have a boss who we took turns taking snacks. And if he is listening to this, um, I apologize, but nobody knows who you are. (laughs) Um, And we had to take turns bringing snacks to the meeting. To the meeting, yeah. And it really stressed him out to bring snacks. Ah, that was So something that was supposed to be kind of the spun, but it wasn't like till years later that we knew this, right? Or else we would have been like, dude, if it stresses you- Nobody's going to like my snack. I know. If it stresses you that much out, um, then you that's okay. You know, the rest of us, I don't mind shopping for snacks, you know? There was a variety of reasons, you know, why. It's just a wonder that there's just so many things to hate about meetings. That's not what we're talking about today, but we are talking about the fact that we get frustrated that there's no follow-up, nothing ever gets accomplished from the hours we spend discussing topics, some of which are important that need follow-up. Right. But everybody's thinking, I thought we discussed that last week. I thought a decision was made. I thought, why why did this come up again? Why are we still doing this all the time? Oh, it's horrible. Well, and I always think if there's value in discussing something and communicating and being aware of something, if there's some action that needs to be required then it's worth doing it, right? Or else why did we spend our time discussing it and talking about it? And I think part of it is we just compartmentalize meetings off into their own little world. So we have our, what we're doing all day, every day, and that we're busy with. And then comes along, along comes a meeting and we, let's say it's an otherwise good meeting and we actually discuss something thoroughly and make a decision. Whatever comes out of that decision doesn't yet have a place in anybody's schedule. And so it's, because it's a compartmentalized time, we all just go back to doing what we were doing before. And that decision, that line of action just kind of sits out there. And so the next week, you know, a week goes by in a flash when you're busy, ask where things are at, they're right where they left off. And so maybe it's understandable why that happens, but it feels horrible. And it just adds to why we hate meetings, because we did all this thinking, we participated, we gave up our time to be there, and nothing ever happens. So why why are you asking me? Why do you bring me here and then ignore everything we decided? Well, I guess part of it is we assume that someone's going to take care of whatever needs to be done, right? So mm-hmm. you talk about the meeting, it's like, well, we need to do this, 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 and this, and then... You think, okay, someone obviously is going to do this, 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 and this, but it never happens. And it never happens. And for those of you who are meeting planners, for those of you who lead these things and have done all the work of the agenda and leading a meaningful, high-participation discussion that moves toward an outcome, it's a real credibility buster to have nothing come of those efforts. It makes people think, you know, kind of in management speak, that you're some kind of in-house consultant that just does the talk and isn't really going to follow through. You know, the, the joke about going away for company retreats is you get this great time and you learn all these things and give all your input, but nothing will really change. And so what happens is it diminishes leadership credibility. And that's a trust thing. And once you start having that chipped away, when you do want to say something important, people's starting assumption is not going to be that it's important. It's going to be, that's more talk. So how do we turn this around, Carl? How do we make, you know, follow-up and action be something that happens in our meetings and afterwards? Because it's really the afterwards we're talking about. 
And the death penalty isn't a really an option, is it's it? It's not an option, I don't think. No, no, fear never really worked, never really worked as a motivator. Well, again, as we believe, this falls on the leader. There's no finger pointing. There's no way to shift the responsibility. There's no one else, nowhere else to look. And what we want to do is exactly, we want to grab that word you used, follow up, and put some meat on it and make it something real simple to do. And that means that between meetings, you as leader are active. You cannot go back to what you were doing before. If a decision came out of one of the expected outcomes that you laid out, you cannot go back to what you were doing before. So here's what it would look like. In the case of when you've made a decision during a meeting, what you as a leader want to do is to be clear who is going to be the point person for making that happen. Write it down. Write it down. And so that it's clarified. Everyone there has heard it. Let's say it's a volunteer type thing and somebody says, I'll do that. I'll gather together the information we need to look into, you know, a new vendor. And you write it down. But you don't just say, we're going to, let's, we need to get new vendor. That's not the decision. It has to be something practical. It has to be assigned to someone. So someone's going to get, bring three names, the top three replacements by the next meeting. So for each thing, you have a point person. That's the first thing you do. It could be yourself or it could be someone else in the meeting. Then the next thing you just need to do is take that agenda with the outcome that you all arrived at and with the point person who is assigned to make it happen. And during the week, you touch base with them. That's all. Super simple. Just touch base with them. It's amazing what a little concrete verbal follow-up will do. Ultimately, if you have a point person, then there's someone to keep accountable with. And we always talk about how that's it's accountability for you and for them and for the group. Exactly. And we believe accountability is a positive form of relational collaboration at work. It's not a punitive parental I'm making sure you're doing what you said you would do, kind of nagging accountability. It's a, I want to see you be successful. I'm the leader. You said you would do it, so I'm going to check in. How is it going? You know, you, you're, this, our accountability is supportive. We, want to, we are holding people accountable. We are following up midweek to ensure, to support their success in finishing what they said they would do. So how is it going? Anything come up along the way that you didn't expect? Is there any decisions you need from me? Any resources are missing? You, know, you check in and you create a opening for them to update you and to, if there is anything that's needed, that if you had waited a week, nothing would have happened, you have an opportunity early on to deal with it and help them deal with it. No, it, it seems so stim- simple. You know, ask for a volunteer, write down who it is, follow up with them. But that really is a way to get follow-up, to keep motivation going for a certain discussion topic, which you may or may not need to re-bring up again. It may be a process that you're discussing or, you know, something that takes more time than the initial meeting or several meetings, but it is it is simple. And so that's why I sort of want to not offer more alternatives because that's yeah. is so simple. And I guess there's two other things that I want to discuss before we're done with this topic. And one of them is our goal is not to turn meetings into some love fest. It's to do better work together. Yeah. Right? So that's that true. helps us accomplish that. 
And I'm sure you have ideas about how to make it fun. We worked in an mm-hmm. office where we sat together and shared a snack and, you know, had a little time where we just caught up on the day and, and the work and, you know, the week. And that was that was perfectly friendly and, you know, appealed mm-hmm. to others more than apparently to others. No, that's a good point. And then the second thing is that we actually developed a tool to help with this. And I wanted you to have an opportunity to say a little bit about it. Right. Well, one, to speak to the first one, the meetings aren't a love fest. That's why you have the outcomes. That's why you're clear with your agenda, what you're trying to accomplish. So that if one of the things you want to accomplish is to merely touch base with each other and hear how it's going, you can. So then it doesn't turn into a love fest. It turns, it's your goal. It's one of the outcomes you want is just to talk. So we have intentionally kept this all real simple. You could make it real complicated. You could follow up with reports and have people fill out a report and give them a whole other thing to do. And it just won't get done because people are busy. So a tool we have put together is the meeting planner that in one open page layout lets you work all the way from a simple space to brainstorm agenda items and do that initial work of laying everything out on the table and then honing it down and prioritizing what you're going to turn into an agenda to a place to take notes during the meeting and track significant items and then mark down any decisions actually made. Very simple. It's just always in front of you. You'll be, um, we're super pleased with how easy it is to use and how um, attractive a space it is to work. When often those agendas get lost, if you have them in one place, you can look back and see. That's right. It's in a nice spiral bound notebook. You just flip back and forward to see where things were left off. And then finally it has a place for follow-up so that where you can mark down who the point person is and what they were going to do. And again, that becomes, as you pointed out, the seedlings for what needs to be brainstormed for the next meeting's agenda the following week. Not a lot of work, not extensive report writing, not a whole nother process for getting out agendas, for tracking things. And you, know, you don't need whole management tracking software to keep track of this. You just It's a way for you to just make sure you're keeping things pointed so everyone knows why they gathered, how the time's going to be used, they're prepared. You actually have a, a discussion that's moving toward specific outcomes that you're looking for and that those decisions are tracked and that you can provide the support afterwards that people need and keeps things moving without adding a whole chore onto your own life. Well, and we've made it so it's simple. You don't have to you know, reinvent the wheel. You don't have to start from scratch in trying to learn a new discipline in the workplace. It's just something, it's a tool to just help you do this. And hopefully it becomes more natural for you in the future, just with some basic um, examples of what we've been discussing in the past couple of weeks. And it's available on our website at boldenterprises.com or just email us, well, it'll call be, directly ahead it'll of us. It'll be right there on the homepage in our featured spot. It's going to be our featured product for the duration of the series, just click on that and you'll have more information about it and an opportunity to grab one for yourself or for your um, entire team. Well, thank you for listening. We've certainly enjoyed this topic and we'll say bye for now, but we'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.